Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we are coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Things are changing faster than ever in the events industry, so we reached out to some experts to help give us insights into what event professionals are doing to quickly pivot their event strategy. Today, we have Will Curran to talk about how planners and marketers are approaching the pivot to virtual events. That's right. There's a lot of discussion around this, and Will is at the center of the conversations, working with many clients to take their previously live events to a virtual one. He has some great tips and tricks and brings an energy to the conversation we think you're going to appreciate. That's right. Will is super well-versed in everything virtual, so let's get to our interview with Will. Thank you so much for joining us today. Will, can you just briefly remind our listeners about your background at Endless Events? Hey, everybody. Yeah, no, thanks so much for uh, having me. I'm, I'm excited to be back and talking about virtual events. Um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know who I am, uh, Will Curran, uh, founder and chief event Einstein of Endless Events. Um, Endless Events is a nationwide event production, virtual event production company as well. Um, and essentially, we take all the tech and crazy nerdy things that you don't want to have to deal with and make it super duper easy. Um, you know, everything from uh, the live stream platform to how to do one-on-one networking to, um, you know, crazy cameras and 4K quality live streams. We can do it all. Um, and then for some people may have heard of me before. You might know me from uh, one of our many podcasts and content that Endless produces, um, including Event Icons, which is the longest running video podcast. So happy to have you guys doing video. Um, and that's where we interview the icons of the events industry. People can just check out event icons, uh, event-icons.com. Uh, also the event tech podcast, which is all about event technology and, you know, all the exciting things happening in the industry. And now also talking about the exciting things happening in virtual events. That's a eventtechpodcast.com. And uh, our third podcast, I know I wish as if there wasn't enough, uh, Event Brew, which is um, similar to the kind of the show, the uh, the view. If you've ever watched before, it's very commentary heavy, you know, and everyone gets in a room and talks about what's going on in the world and everything like that. We essentially do that for the events industry. We say it's like all the, the conversations you have at the bar uh, at a trade show. We essentially record all of those and you get to hear the raw recordings of what everybody thinks in the events industry that no one else is talking about. And that's available at eventbrew.com. So between all the content and all the, the client strategy I work on for, for event production and virtual events, uh, Keeping quite busy this week. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love I imagining say, do you, you like have on the any view. free time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, as as we said before, um, I'm I'm getting my bio breaks in while I can. <laughs> <laughs> and you can all see that Will has the most amazing podcast setup. Cody and I are just learning how to get into this, so we'll maybe learn a thing or two from Will. I, I got you guys. I'll, I'll share you all my deepest darkest secrets. You know, I got to take notes for sure, but. <laughs> Hey, well, I know you kind of briefly talked about it, but can you tell us a little bit more about the in-person events that you typically work with? Like how many events do these companies run? Like, are they global? What kind of events are these? Yeah, so we primarily, um, our main market has definitely been corporate events and uh, conferences, meetings, that sort of uh, market for sure. And for us, you know, we've done everything as small as, you know, 100 person intimate events with two screens and a couple, you know, lights and things like that, all the way up to, you know, some of the biggest corporate events that you've ever seen. Um, we, for example, the one that everyone loves to talk about is we did all the event technology for a lot of the comic cons across the entire country for a long period of time. So um, everything from the cameras to um, their their hybrid live streams. Um, for example, we also have 
a lot of corporate clients where we do their town halls. And those are the most common hybrid events we do where you have an in-person audience, maybe at the headquarters, but you need to be able to do Q&A and polling all the way across the world and allow people to, to, uh, to interact with each other. One cool thing that we do too before as well for some of these live streams is simultaneous translation and captioning in multiple languages, which is really, really cool. Um, and yeah, so a little bit of everything. And, you know, um, our, my whole kind of shtick, I guess you would say, is that we're here for anything event technology related um, and everything from 100 person events again, yeah, to like 100,000 person events along the way. Wow. A little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything, you know, uh, it, and I think that's what's uh, very much a uh, uh, reason why we are ready and rocking and rolling ready for these virtual events. <laughs> well, cool. Now I know like the situation we're in right now, we're working from home. It's this COVID-19 coronavirus thing is affecting everything right now. Oh, absolutely. You know, what have you seen? How has the COVID-19 situation like impacted the event programs you've been working with? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, three, four weeks ago or so, we were like, ah, you know, this isn't going to really for, uh, affect us too much. You know, I think we had like our first postponement maybe only three months ago, three, not three months, three weeks ago. Um, and then it just kind of came as a fury so fast and so hard. Um, I swear that's not a reference to any movies. And, you know, it was definitely uh, a crazy time. So, you know, very, very rapidly, all of our in-person events evaporated in some ways um they either said we're postponing to next year we're postponing for nine months but um it came very very apparent that in-person events not only were not gonna were not socially acceptable but now have been barred from the government uh as a whole so there's been just an absolute like explode implosion um you know yeah evaporation i think is the right uh, word i would use of in-person events in the events industry um and it's crazy i mean um i mean i'm not even talking about all the you know uh, i've seen so many people amazing event professionals who um no are longer at work um people who lost multi-million dollar contracts companies going out of business i think the events industry uh, not only has changed just in this short period of time but might also have changed completely forever and ever and ever and ever now. Yeah, I mean, I have not said the term virtual events more than I have in the past two to three weeks. I mean, I feel like I'm getting educated on what exactly this even means. Totally, um, totally. And so I, I, I assume you're like working with these planners who are in the midst of this big decision. Do we postpone our live event? Do we move and pivot to a virtual? Do we do something kind of hybrid? Um, Tell us a little bit more about what this decision-making process even looks like. Yeah, so when kind of going through the decision-making process, obviously only a planner can uh, decide for themselves where it's appropriate to do it. Um, you know, uh, I think when you're kind of thinking about whether you want to do a virtual event or not, you have to really think uh, deeper into the why, into the strategy of things. I think right now, um, a lot of people are in panic. They are saying, my event's gone and I need to do something. And they're like almost plugging the sinking ship hole to figure it out. But I will admit, I think that not every event is perfectly suited for a virtual event, but I think a lot of them are. And I think as event professionals right now is our perfect opportunity for us to step up as strategic elements to a business's, uh, you know, uh, strategic element to strategy, but the strategic element to how you're going to execute a larger marketing strategy, a larger enge employee engagement strategy, whatever it may be. And so I really feel like right now, yeah, virtual events, not only, I don't want to say are going to replace in-person experiences, but for the foreseeable future, they definitely have. 
And now, long, uh, shorter term, lo longer term, I think it's also going to raise the question of why do we spend all this money on an in-person experience when we can do it for one-fourth the cost virtually. And I think as attendees now also get their chance to attend more virtual events because more are going to get done right now, more attendees are going to go, I'm more comfortable with this. You know, before I, I didn't want to go to a virtual event because in-person experience is better, but now people don't have the choice. They have to for the next, you know, minimum two months probably, but we could be looking at even longer. Um, in-person experience is disappearing and people are going to have to go virtual. And I, I'm, I'm just excited to see the the entire shift the industry is making. And also, I mean, on a side nerdy note, I'm also really excited to see so many people say, I can use technology to solve my problems and uh, to make this all happen. So yeah, there's just literally so many, so many options out there for what's possible. Uh, that's also the number one thing I'll leave on one kind of extra note is I think for any planner out there who right now is saying, I don't understand virtual events. I don't know what I'm doing. I can tell you right now, I have talked to 30 clients in the last week and I can tell you right now, I get those bio breaks in when I can and they all are saying the same thing. I know I need to do this. I don't know how. I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that admission to say, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm ready to learn is incredible. So if you feel confused, if you feel scared, if you feel overwhelmed, you're not alone. And there are people out there to help you. And my hope is this, this podcast will be a great first start for you. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah. that. You just have to be vulnerable and just like everybody's in the same boat right now. I mean, I've never been to a virtual event. I don't even know what to think about virtual events, to be honest. But, you know, if you're helping out of like 30 people, how, what do you do when you're thinking through setting up a virtual event? Like what are the steps that you're taking mentally? Yeah, totally. Well, I, I'll challenge you. You probably have attended a virtual event. You just didn't call it a virtual event probably at the time. Um, I mean, let, let's look at a, a real quick example for people to start to get their head wrapped around this. Uh, how many people, I mean, I think we talked about maybe this podcast, but you guys, how many people have ever watched the Grammys or the Oscars or anything like that, right? You've probably watched that on TV, right? Like we all yeah. raise our hands. <laughs> Everybody has. That's a virtual event. If you think about it, there's content that's happening. You're engaging remotely and it's completely virtual. You're not there at the Oscars, but it's the same kind of concept. So that's a, like a starting point, but that's a very like one dimensional way, right? Like looking in and then, but you, a lot of people right now are concerned about is like, well, how can I allow the audience to engage? Right? Well, that's where you can kind of take it up to the next step, which is like a live stream, for example. And we've all been there before where our friends met on Facebook, they hit the live button on Facebook on their phone and they can start talking to it. You can send them messages and they're like able to read it and talk back Instagram live, you know, that, that, that's a live stream essentially. That's, that's a virtual event. If you think about it, I'm not saying that's great for what we're probably going to, everyone really needs to get to now for these large corporate events. But, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that we have experienced digital connections online and fostered communities without ever having to have touched or met a person in real life, which is where we're kind of at right now. Um, I remember growing up, uh, you know, being very active on online forums. And uh, if anyone's out there is like me, you found chat rooms and online forums. And that's where I learned. And that was where my first, you know, really deep professional conversations happened. We talk about meeting people online on LinkedIn and, uh, and on Twitter. That is totally possible in the in-person um, uh, equivalent to these connections is totally possible. So now starting to think, the, to answer your real question, which is what do you think about when setting up this virtual event? The first question I always ask people when going through it, especially the conversion from in-person to a virtual, is first you want to make sure you outline 
everything that happened in kind of your in-person event. You probably already know this, right? You know, you have general session, you have breakout rooms, expo hall, yada, 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 right? Well, the next thing you need to look at is, is say to yourself, which of those elements were most important? Because I'm telling you right now, not every single element is going to survive its conversion to digital. So what's most important? Next thing you need to look at is look at what pieces were the, the most important for you to execute as well. And what are the most important outcomes from your event? Is it the attendees networking to each other? Is it the distillment, uh, uh, distillment of uh, content? Is it you know, uh, I don't know, like the ability for people to have a drink together. I don't know what that is. You're the only one who can answer that. But what's the most important outcome you have? The next thing as well, and this is where we're getting into the strategy, like things we've been preaching for years. You got to look at your attendee personas, your buyer personas, that what are your attendees? Are they young? Are they old? Do they like technology? Do they, um, are they looking to stay in a nice hotel? Like what does a persona and these fictional representations of your attendees look like? And I think that it's important to start asking these questions because I'm about to ask you the ultimate question as well, which is why on earth should anyone go to your event? And I think that's the question no one's asking with these virtual events is everyone saying, what platform should I use? What should I, um, you know, how many sessions should I um, have on my, my live stream? How many breakout, virtual breakout rooms should I have? Um, how can I have an expo hall that people can walk through? And so what instead I'm telling people is you can't be thinking that way anymore. That's the old school mentality of planning. That's the old school mentality that's going to get your virtual event stuck to where it's not going to be successful. Oh, for a lot of planners out there, this is your first chance to make a virtual event impression and taking a devoted audience who's gone to an in-person event for years. If you don't land this the right way, you're going to end up losing that audience altogether. And they're not even going to want to go to the in-person event anymore. Um, and that's the last thing that we want. We want is create a great impression so everyone kind of moves forward. So yeah, so I think asking the why is very, very important. And there's a couple other strategies that our company is implementing to get people deeper thinking about this and figuring out what technology is to do. But I'm sure either we'll talk about it a little bit later or, um, you know, feel free to give me a shout. <laughs> <laughs> I So much of that resonated with me, um, especially, and I think our audience too, this like, okay, you're taking this live event that you probably had for years and now with you have to pivot it to a virtual event or postpone it or cancel it and so if you are pivoting to virtual is there a step in there will where you're also looking at some of the other technologies that they've been using to help plan this event and start thinking about how we can now plug in that virtual component I love that. And honestly, that's one of my favorite questions to ask right now is that so many people have what's called an event tech stack already, right? You have your technologies you're already using. And when you're making that pivot, chances are you're already using a tool like Cvent, for example, for your registration, or maybe you're using, you know, an audience engagement system for in-person. I think when you start to look at all these technologies, you'd be really surprised how many of them have virtual options or let's be honest, are pivoting to virtual options now as well. And I think one of the things that I love asking clients is like, yeah, what are you using? And I'm not going to lie. There's been some awesome clients who are like, yeah, I've been using Cvent for years. And I said, cool, let's not reinvent the wheel. You're already paying for the software. Let's start figuring out how we could build upon that and tie it all together in one single system as well. Yeah, I literally just found out and this, I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I literally just found out like an hour ago about some of the like mind blowing integrations that can happen between an event management system and like a virtual event. And it's kind of like, 
great. This isn't actually as hard as we may have thought it was going to be. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are getting overwhelmed by the technology right now. And I, I just, I, I, I push everyone here to not think about it from a technological solution. Think about it from an experience standpoint and tap into your technological partners to then provide you the solutions that they need. Um, and I think that right now, anyone who's saying, you should use this platform, you should use this, I think it's thinking about it in the wrong way. Um, and it's going to get them in some pretty bad trouble because they're going to get stuck in a solution they, that doesn't allow them to pivot into, you know, doing other things, for example. Right. And is, yeah, and is now the time to really be learning all of these new technologies. Yeah, well, yeah. Just like, let's plug in a few new ones. I have one I mean, full-time guy doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, like, it literally is a full-time job staying on top of, like, all the technologies out there, too. Yeah, like, I can I can barely keep on top of technologies that I'm gonna actually use every day, let alone the 300 million different platform systems out there. I was just gonna say, like, we're lucky because, like, 10 years ago, we would have had a whole bunch of people who didn't know how to use technology. Now, literally everybody's using it. Like my mom sent me Venmo yesterday, which like blew my mind. So there's like an appetite for this, right? Like we can pivot to virtual and still have engagement with audiences of all ages and all types. Like we're all using it. I'm still really proud of your mom for using Venmo though. Like she needs, <laughs> she needs to know that. She needs to know that. <laughs> but like you mentioned earlier, Will, like this is like your full-time job. Like you're overloaded right now. I think about yeah. people like Brooke who's in marketing. She's overloaded. Like there's so much work to be done. You typically though work with like meeting planners and yeah. they focus on these, you know, in-person events. But who else have you noticed when you're working with these meeting planners? Who else have they been pulling in to be successful with their virtual events? Oh my gosh, I love that question. That's such a great question. What's the dream team for a virtual event look like? I'll tell you right now, um, some of the people that you should consider tapping on your team. If you have these, if it's you, I'm really sorry that I'm about to say all the hats that you wear. But um, one of the first people I recommend, I'm just going to do this out of order, not in terms of importance. But first, I would say is a web dev guy. The person who built your website or understands um, web development stuff, who can talk a little bit more nerdy with your technological partner about what an iframe is, for example. I've educated so many people on what an iframe is. It's been awesome. Um, but you need a web dev person, I think, that's going to help with this. If you don't have that, don't worry. You can, you can find web dev partners. Your technology company can help you with this sort of thing. Don't worry. I think for all these, that applies. If you, don't, if you don't have someone that's doing this and you don't do it or you don't know who does it, there's somebody out there that can help you with this on you know, a subcontract basis or you know, hire them through the entire uh, virtual event production company, whatever it may be. Um, marketing people, I think, are really important. Somebody who can approve graphics and or who can make the graphics that we need in all the different sizes that we need, um, who can think strategically also about like how are we going to drive people in this platform? How are we going to utilize the information we gather while they're on the platform, like tracking data, knowing what sessions they viewed, all those sort of things. Like your marketing, um, you know, marketing nerds will definitely be able to help with that. Um, I think that at this point too, the decision makers too. Like, I can't tell you how many times I hop on calls where people are like, we really wanna do a virtual event. Now I have to take this entire pitch and then give it to the C-suite level. This time, this is the time for you to tap into the C-suite people and show your value and say, look, we had this big virtual event. It was our biggest marketing line item of the year. I wanna make it virtual. I want to bring the CMO on to make the decisions because the last thing you want to be doing is being stuck in this world where, you know, C-suites up in the top and then events are down below. 
it's now your time to show your value and show why you belong in the C-suite, for example. I think the decision makers is really, really critical. Um, I think an IT person, if you're doing internal events especially, you need an IT person who understands um, what email systems you're using, um, what ways that, uh, you know, for example, you're going to communicate this internally. Um, maybe, for example, if we're doing some sort of single sign-on technology, I know I'm getting nerdy for a second, but like which single sign-on technology are you using? At this point, I've been loving these calls because I see, it used to be I talked to one person and then they disseminate everything to a team, but I'm hopping on calls and there's like, I have this person, this person, this person, and this person, and this person person this person put them all on the call and honestly i mean we're all remote right now too we all know when we've been on a call where we don't need to be there anymore and we just start working on emails in the background include as many people as possible i think to be able to make sure the information is getting everybody's hands especially because we're also moving as fast as we can as well oh, i love that especially like bringing, taking a seat at the table, that's what we call it, when you are leveraging the, the data or the impact you can make with live events, whether they're virtual or in person, making that impact so you take that seat at the table with the C-suite. I love that. And, and I get it, Well, like you're telling us like events, we've done virtual events before, right? The fundamentals are, are, are the same. We have sessions, we have keynotes, but what should we be thinking about when we're thinking about pivoting to virtual? What is different? Like, do we need keynotes? Is it the content that's really king here? Talk to us a little bit about what that format should look like. Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to the fundamentals of virtual events, uh, one thing that I've been pushing a lot of clients to understand too is there's probably going to be sacrifices you make and not in the bad way. Everyone wants to think of sacrifices as in I'm going to, you know, oh, this is a bad thing. I have to sacrifice this. But for example, content. I can't tell you how many clients I'm sitting on there and they go, yeah, we have over 300 breakout room sessions. And I'm like, you're not, no, you, you're not going to have that anymore. It's gone. Like there's no way anyone would virtually sit down to try to find 300 sessions or even attend maybe 10 sessions as well. So what I've been pushing a lot of clients to do is like, think like, Hey, here's, here's a strategic idea. Instead of having 300 sessions simultaneously and people have to choose when to go to them, choose which ones you want to pre-record, put those in a video library. Set up, throw somebody in a studio, record them, blah, 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 make those, you know, post available. Especially think about the content that's best suited for not live. Then boom, you know, evergreen, all that sort of stuff, throw that in there. Then, okay, we have 100 sessions now left because 200 of them are now pre-recorded. Okay, well, now instead of doing 100 sessions across three days, why don't you take 100 sessions and do three a day and stretch them across 30 days and do 30 days of sessions live and turn it into a 30 day long event. Because let's be honest, no one's going to, the, the difference between an in-person event and a virtual event now is that in-person events and especially corporate conferences, we fly someone, they're there for three days. They're, uh, you know, their only choice is really to go to the conference or go to the beach. Right. And it's kind of awkward to go to the beach when you paid all this money to go to the conference. Well, now I sign up for a conference and I say, oh, I can watch at the same time, but I'm not competing against the beach and the travel and all that sort of stuff. I'm competing against Netflix, the, the, the baby. I'm competing against um, just surfing the web on, on my own. I'm competing against the whole world of activities that is possible. So how can you create a highly engaging experience in a short period of time? Maybe it's something like, yeah, an hour every day for 30 days rather than 
three days for 10 hours each. Um, th those are kind of the fundamentals I'm starting to think about. Um, other fundamentals that I think that um, it's important to understand is that similarly to, as an event planner, you would hire a catering company to do the catering. You'd hire an AV company to do the AV. You're gonna do those same kind of concepts with your planning as well. So for example, you might've hired an AV company to do your stage and your lights and all those things like that. Now you're hiring the AV company to set up a video studio for you and you're treating it like a TV broadcast. They're using all the same technologies. Ask your AV nerds. We know what's up. Um, and we will set up the cameras, the switchers, the audio, the microphones, you know, the lighting to make sure the video cameras look really good. And you're hiring them to do that instead. You're hiring instead of you're talking to your, uh, you know, event management platform, you're talking to your virtual event management platform and they're providing you registration. They might be providing you um, a directory for attendees to see who's there. Um, instead of, you know, talking to the entertainment company about doing, you know, a DJ for the party and, you know, a band or whatever it may be, maybe you're hiring that DJ to play in between sessions. So that way everyone gets a little bit of a music kick in between. And we kick the camera over to the DJ, for example. There's a lot of like fundamentals that are, are the same for events that you're just saying, how can I then turn it virtually? And the thing that I think that most planners are getting stuck with is that anything is possible that we are in the, the, the greatest thing about virtual events is it uses the internet. And if we all know one thing about the internet, if you give it some, anything, anything's possible, right? You, if you want to build a skyscraper and go visit it in virtual reality, you can do that. If you want to, um, you know, uh, sit down and watch, you know, your favorite DJ play who's playing in Belgium right now, you can tune in and do that from the comfort of your couch. Anything's possible. So the best thing that you can do right now as a planner too, is to explore and to be able to think creatively and to also unleash what you think is possible and just ask, is this possible? And the chances are it is. Oh my God, Brooke. Oh, I love that. How inspired are you now? <laughs> Dream <laughs> like, big, man. Yeah. <clears throat> that is so I know, awesome. My like, neck hurts from like, I'm just like, yes. yes. <laughs> so much <Amazing>. nodding. <laughs> and what I, what I love about is when you're talking about like recording content too because from a marketer's point of view this is now like when we used to have live events maybe we'd get like five or six of the sessions recorded now we're recording all of them and this yeah. is like content i can use forever when i'm talking to my customers and prospects i couldn't agree anymore i think that's so exciting i would say i'm like a marketer and in some ways too so when i tell clients i'm like yeah, you can record all the content. And then here's the best part. Not only do you have this like database of content that you can give to writers to spin out articles and yada, 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 but also as well, think about this. You can turn those recordings of those sessions into little small clips that are like a minute long, post them on Instagram, post them on Facebook, post them on LinkedIn, and boom, now you're, now you're leveling up your event from being just there in the event, but now you have content. Like imagine you had all your social media posts now made for an entire year. Boom, you have that done with conferences and all the recordings you're going to get for through virtual events. So cool. One of the other things that you mentioned that I really liked that was kind of an aha moment was, you know, when I, get, when I get sent to these events and I'm there for like three days, they jam pack so much stuff in there so and much. you hit your affective barrier. You stop learning at some point. But it, you're right. If you were to spread that out over the course of like 30 days and just like learn maybe for a couple hours a day, you're going to absorb a lot more content. That's going to be a lot more meaningful. Like that is such a great idea. Preach. Really? 
Yeah. Preach. <laughs> I got to just tell you, Will, like, you are my resource. I'm going to listen to you and try to steal your ideas. But, like, I, I mean, it. where are you getting your ideas? I mean, I know you named off some of your podcasts at the beginning, but, like, what, where are you getting all your ideas to stay up to date on virtual events? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, a lot of this is coming from experience, and that's why, like, as soon as it get, we got tapped to start doing all these hybrid and virtual events, it was second nature to me to think, oh, yeah, let's create an online experience. I remember when I was, like, 10 – 11, 12 years old, and I was online in these chat rooms with people who were probably in their 30s, 40s, whatever it is, talking about web design and movies and whatever it was. And I had to grow up really quick when you're on the internet because you like if you're 12 years old and you're in a chat room with a bunch of 30 year olds, they won't take you seriously. They'll just mute you if you if you're annoying, right? So I think I very quickly early on learned the technologies. I'm lucky enough that I had all this web design background. I'm lucky that I have now all this event production background, AV background. Kind of honestly, it's almost like the perfect storm of everything coming together. Together. But the things that I recommend for learning about virtual events is honestly, the first place I start uh, will be uh, definitely YouTube. Um, I think if you want to learn about things like live streaming technologies, what a switcher is, all these things like that, all these components and little pieces of virtual events, people have been talking about it online for a long period of time. And YouTube's a great way to watch that content and learn about it. Um, in fact, like I think I, the first day that started happening and if someone asked me, hey, we need to go 100% virtual, can you help us? I was like, I'm curious, like, where, where's the education space right now in virtual events? I Googled, I, I YouTube virtual events, and I was like, nothing there. And I, I've been watching all of the publications now are pumping out content about virtual events. The, I think bef uh, I can definitely give some more examples of what works, but I just had this thought that came to my mind. One thing that I recommend for planners to do right now, too, is not look for the publications that are keeping it high level and saying things like, yeah, you need to make sure you think about audience engagement when it comes to your virtual event. Like, no, duh, you should be listening to podcasts like your guys's that are talking the super tactical stuff of here's examples, here's ideas, here's how to think strategically about it. Um, you know, don't look, look, there's a lot of people pumping out content right now that is very service level, avoid that. Um, other places that I, I go to learn more about virtual events and what's possible, um, honestly, is related to things like broadcast journalism. Um, if you think about it, with a lot of these live streams and this content that's coming out live and you know, everything like that, a lot of the principles follow TV broadcast. So for example, when we're producing a live stream you know, to a thousand employees, we're using all the same technologies and concepts that, you know, they use in, for example, the TV show, the newsroom, which is my new favorite resource, by the way, to share people is like, if you want to understand how TV broadcast works, just watch the, the show, the newsroom. Um, I think it's really good for that. But um, I think a lot of the technology is the same. So, you know, look into what TV broadcast people are doing. Um, look at, for example, if, the, if there's a, uh, a video that, and I know this exists, that talks about how they do all the broadcasts for the Super Bowl. Look into that and watch the behind the scenes to see how they do it. And you'll be able to pull ideas. For example, um, one of my clients was really smart and they go, you know, we need the ability to talk to a bunch of different people and we're not going to use Slack during our virtual event to just kind of chat where the issues are. So they put everybody on the same communication headsets that we're using for a TV broadcast or for our live events and we're using it and we put the marketing person and the tech support person on the headset. So when someone says in the chat, I'm having trouble logging in. Uh, is, this, is this person freezing for you? We can ping the support person, not via Slack, but via our headsets and say, hey, um, John Shamo is saying uh, his, uh, his, freeze, his stream is freezing. Uh, you guys seeing anything out there? No one has seeing anything. Hey, John, just so you know, we're seeing everything okay on here on your end. Um, you know, go ahead and try refreshing and that might fix it. Um, and it allows that rapid communication. And that comes from our knowledge of TV broadcast, for example. 
Um, other ways that you can uh, learn about this stuff, honestly, start turning to all your event tech companies, all the companies out there um, and the AV companies who are now coming out there and sharing all their knowledge and they know they, they have a lot of free time on their hands. So the best thing you can do right now is share knowledge. So look at your event tech partners, look at your AV companies, see what they're doing and, what, and where you can get help. The last thing as well is go out there and just be ready to crank out research. Um, and that's one of the best things I can recommend for everybody out there as well, is that if you're not sure if there's a such thing as virtual event networking, try Googling it and then seeing what's out there and sit on demos, sit on softwares, um, you know, ask for help. And that's probably one of the best things I think that uh, you can do um, right now is to ask people for help because you'd be surprised who's out there and knows things and can get help. I can't tell you how many of my friends say, hey, I know you do events, Will. Have you ever thought about a virtual event? And I'm like, well, I've talked about this now for some time, but yes, I definitely do. And the, they're like, yeah, um, my friend who runs a multi-million dollar conference they don't know what they're doing. What's going on? I'm like, cool, just send them my way. And, you know, I think that those people, because they asked for help and were willing to spread the information manually, that was really, really helpful. So, um, and yeah, I think that'll probably do it as well. Um, is this a chance that I have where I can uh, do a shameless self promotion too? Uh, uh, I'm hoping you would. All right. So um, we're obviously endless itself is also research. I was going to say like endless is where I go to learn, but I'm the one teaching it, you know, in some ways, but um, endless is promoting and pushing out a ton of content on virtual events right now. I think every hour is like a blog post is coming out or an ebook or a webinar or, and things like that. And obviously we're seeing on so many client calls. Um, if you head over to helloendless.com, you can click on the blog or the resources link. Um, stuff coming down the pipeline. We did an article on how to convert your in-person event to virtual event, which is helpful, but I'll one it up for you. Um, we're actually doing a webinar tomorrow um, uh, and I'll, I'll include a link so you guys can catch a recording since I'm not sure when this is gonna go live, but um, we are doing a webinar on how to convert your in-person event to virtual event. It's our highest attended webinar. It's like exponentially growing, like absolute mad, mad fire right now. So we'll include the link to that. We also made a, this is, everyone's getting really excited when they hear this. We made a virtual event planning checklist. That is all the things you need to do to plan a virtual event and all the questions you need to ask and everything like that. So I'll link a, give you guys a link for that as well, but definitely just check out the endless site. We're pumping out so much content right now. Um, you know, I, I think our hope is that we can just get everything out of our brains because we're spending so much time in sales calls right now, just trying to help people that like, we just want to get out of our brains so we can help more people at scale. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. No, I feel the same way. Like every time we, write something like a blog post or a webinar about virtual events it's like mind-blowing how many people are just craving this information and so i love what you said like go out there find the information take that dream big like whatever you can dream up probably can happen and take some of these helpful tips and tricks you gave us to make your first virtual event a really successful one and I just have to thank you again, Will, so much for joining us today for our very first video cast. Will always has the best advice and is so well-versed in virtual events. Like, what a great guest. I agree. And for our listeners, thank you so much for joining us this week on the How Great Events Happen podcast. To get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. All of the resources Will mentioned, as well as some extras, are available in the episode description. 
We also recorded this video cast that will be available on CVent's YouTube channel soon. And if anyone out there is also handling event shifts to virtual or postponing and has tips or tricks they would like to share, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We would love to have you on the show. And next week, we'll be talking about crisis management with regards to the current events landscape. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.